0: there folks welcome to another episode of the cracks podcast the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is my name is alex schmidt and i'm the head of podcasting here at cracks i'm also known as Schmidt the clam i'm also known as Schmidt the champ and i am also also gonna share a fun little story about prepping this episode putting it together by the way our topic for the show is ridiculous myths everyone believes about the old west one more time that is ridiculous myths everyone believes about the old west and here's that fun story there I am preparing digging through sources working with our guests and after hours of that i said hey i deserve a tv break and since i've been thinking about cowboys all the time i i want to like take a real break and watch something that has nothing to do with the west no cowboys in it really easy And so I go and fire up the first episode of HBO's new Watchmen series. It opens with an invented silent movie about a real person named Bass Reeves, who was an amazing lawman uh, and also a black person in real history. So I, I didn't get a break. I did get another sign that the Old West is one of our most dominant cultural things in the United States. Everyone thinks about it. Everyone talks about it. It's all over movies and TV and this goofy comic book show. I first learned about Bass Reeves from crack.com as a reader. It was an article, Five Badass Characters You're Picturing Totally Incorrectly, written by Kathy Benjamin. The article covers everything from European knights to Japanese samurai to American cowboys, and the cowboy part is where I discovered... African-American lawman Bass Reeves, that might be where you learned his story for the first time too. And today we are digging into Cracked Articles and many, many other sources for a picture of how the Old West actually worked and actually looked and did not fit what most Westerns have told you about it. We'll also dig into myths about the Westerns that are also very, very interesting. There are myths on myths on myths in this one, and I think that's really fun. Also, one bit of background for uh, this this overall period we're talking about, right? Like, what is the Old West? Uh, well, for one thing, it's the western part of the U.S. Great. Knocked out. Uh, but also in terms of the years of it, the beginning of it, most historians date around 1865, partly because of migration patterns and also partly because in 1865, the U.S. Civil War ended. And so people were less busy shooting each other and started looking for land in a western direction. And of course, by people, I mean people who were not already living in the West and pushed off that land. That will come up very often in this episode. Anyway, 1865 is sort of our starting line. And then the 1890s is generally considered the end of the Old West. There's also a famous uh, historian of that time named Frederick Jackson Turner, who gave a talk in 1893. So right as all this was wrapping up, and but had still been happening. And Turner's famous work is, is known as the Frontier Thesis. It's an overall analysis of America uh, before and after it had an Old West to move into, and that being a major change. Also, the 1890 U.S. Census, which we will footnote about, because who doesn't love reading about the 1890 U.S. Census? But that census considered the West to be closed, uh, which is a really strange thing to say about a chunk of a country, but that's what it said. So as we talk about this whole period, we're really talking about just 25 to 30 years that are a landmark in American culture, and as we'll discuss, that has a lot of strange ramifications. And when I say we, for the people doing this episode, I'm talking about me and two favorite guests, returning guests on this show. I'm joined today by Jenny Jaffe and Elliot Kalin. Uh, They're both incredible comedy writers. And me and Jenny go way back to work in a college humor together. She's also done amazing stuff for IFC and Nickelodeon and many more things you watch. You may know Elliot from his movie podcast, The Flophouse, his history podcast, Presidents Are People Too, his children's books, or his writing for TV shows like The Daily Show and Mystery Science Theater 3000. And as you'll hear right at the top of this, Jenny and Elliot are making an animated comedy set in the Old West. It will be on TVs in the future. Pretty neat. And I thought they are the perfect uh, relevant funny people to get into this topic with. Turned out to be true. Really lucky. And let's let you hear that. Please sit back. Or set at a poker table in an Old West saloon, slipping an extra ace in and out of your sleeve, even though card mass production could not have been very good. I I don't know why they can't tell the card back is different when it's the cheating card. Seems really hard to nail that in, in olden times, but who knows? Either way, here's this episode of The Cracked Podcast with Jenny Jaffe and Elliot Kalin. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Jenny Elliot, it's so good to have you both back. Also first time together on the show. Very excited about it. And we're getting historical today and the both of you are working on a really exciting new thing, upcoming thing, which is an animated show set in the old west. Very fun. Yeah, we're uh, uh we, I bet we
1: I guess we can say everything about it that's already been announced.
2: And only that yeah, is my I understanding.
1: Yeah. So it's a, it's a show for the <laughs> Fox Television Channel that we're calling
0: Saloon and it's yeah, it's set in the old west. Yeah. Cuz we both love the old west.
2: Yeah. We're calling it saloon, and right now everybody's calling it saloon.
0: And with making something like that, I'm, I'm always curious with any historical show, uh, especially a comedy, like how much or little did you lean on history and, and uh, learning about that era to make it? Because you could go either way, I feel like.
2: Well, so much of the the show is legitimately us looking at real things from the West, and especially names and stuff, and just grabbing what we like. Oh, great. <laughs> being like, yeah. oh, this is a real – amazing thing or phrase or name that we can just kind of pluck from history. And honestly, Elliot's been a lot more diligent than I have as far as actually- I
1: don't know about that. I love reading and doing research. And (laughs) and what's great about it is that I already had a bunch of books about the West on my to read bookcase at home. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I had to go out and and buy a bunch of stuff, but also, you know, I just love going to the library and taking out books on the subject and reading through them.
2: We want it to be a comedy Western, not a parody of what westerns are. Yes. Yeah. So it's cool. like if it's better to draw from real historical things for that and then present them in a Western way. Yeah.
0: We have like all kinds of different things like that history that you're drawing on some for the show and also that you just like to read about because I think the that cowboy media is kind of everywhere all the time. And it has really, really framed how we think of that whole world. And one of the biggest ways is that it's full of violent gunfights Basically, the whole deal, especially when you watch Westworld or something, it seems like everyone just wants it to be gunfire in Main Street. Mm-hmm. That's all we want.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, it sure sounds like that was the case, but that's pretty inaccurate given the fact that there's, like, what, eight gunfights, like, proper shootouts on record, like, on actual, Yeah, like, you can find the reality of this record, because it's one of those things that everybody was just sort of claiming they had done.
1: Yeah, because, well, the, the West is mostly about incredibly hard work and dying at a young age of disease or malnutrition <laughs> or so like okay. most movies and T V shows they're like, let's focus on the gunfights rather than right. focus on the Hours and hours of toil and lack of basic hygiene that were really what the West was mostly about for a long time, right?
2: Right. That's a lot less fun to watch. It's just a person slowly toiling in a field until they die at the ripe old age of 35. Now,
1: (laughs) I was reading a book about cowboys a while ago. It's a book called Cowboy Culture by David Derry. And so if you have any questions about the history of cowboys, let me know. And there was a lot in there about driving cattle from one place to another Not very much about guns. And I was like, (laughs) all right. And in the book –
2: Well, that's what they do. That's what they do. That's what a
1: cowboy is. And in in the book, the author talked about He's like the gunslinger has taken up so much more ink than the humble cowboy. But it was the cowboy that did all the work and the gunslinger basically didn't exist. But it's like – it's the same way that uh, if you were an alien – and you were just watching American movies and TV shows.
2: Yes, if.
1: If. Uh, <laughs> Jenny, uh, why are, you, why are you, your eyes shifting back and forth? Oh, All I'm three sorry. eyes are no, shifting I, back and forth. Uh, sorry, <laughs> let me just
2: put my sunglasses back on. I don't know. The <laughs> sunglasses
1: have three lenses on them. It still it doesn't really hide the fact. If you were an alien and you were watching American movies and TV from the past 30 years or so, you'd be like, oh, these are the main jobs that Americans <laughs> do. Oh, yeah, they sure. They are... Either they run art galleries or they work at magazines, if they're women.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. if they
1: are men, they are either bounty hunter hitmen, assassins. Yeah.
2: Astronauts.
1: Astronauts or superheroes. And so it's like <laughs> like
2: you really yeah. can't
1: uh, – movies and TV are going to gravitate towards the most <laughs> exciting 0.0001% of humanity and not the – the rest of humanity For
2: some reason They're all architects In romantic comedies yeah. yeah Like they all Like all men In romantic comedies Are like something Very like warm And, and <laughs> sturdy sounding uh, Oh an architect like, He can build things <laughs> Right He
1: understands The importance of a home Yes ah. exactly Or they're like A bad boy chef
2: Yeah Oh I do love A bad boy chef
0: mm-hmm. Yeah Or or the like Millions of greeting card jobs That are available oh, yeah. In the United States I, for so men. the TV show Caroline in the City Really threw
1: me off when I was growing up because I was like oh it's easy to get a job working at a greeting card company great. like you can just make a living writing those cards one there's not that many jobs and two from the people I know who do it you cannot make a great living <laughs> you certainly can't afford to live in the city that's, that's for sure
2: there's also an endless appetite for adorable like artisan cupcake shops in huge cities. (laughs) If you are a single woman living in New York, it's very easy to run your own cupcake shop in Manhattan.
1: (laughs) So when you look at it that way, it's not that surprising that like- there's a disproportionate amount of gunfights in westerns
0: right
2: <laughs> yeah cuz you don't want yeah. the people with the actual job you want the people who are like going
0: rogue mhm yeah cuz like the name cowboy for the job was accurate it was a, a boy handling cows they were like a <laughs> farm worker yeah. that uh, and we don't so
2: much less cool. That brings up like into the woods imagery for me. Like that's not interesting.
0: All
1: right. I mean, it was usually not just one, one cow.
2: It's just one boy, one cow.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. That's marriage. As far as I'm concerned, (laughs) I don't like these new ideas. One boy, one cow. That's a marriage.
0: (laughs) And and, yeah, and they, it wasn't like you signed up for a cowboy job and they were like, oh great. Can you kill a man? That was not a normal. That was not part of the work. There would just be these extremely rare occasional fights we're drawing a lot on a cracked article six ridiculous history myths you probably think are true by C. Coville which points out that like you said Jenny there were very very few actual shootouts really rare Yeah.
2: Well, but the other thing was there were a lot of people who – because like their reputation rested on people thinking that they had been in a lot of shootouts. So they were like really inflating the number of shootouts. The real Dread Pirate
1: Roberts situation. It really is, yeah.
2: And also like there was no way to corroborate it. If a guy comes in with a gun and he's like, I've killed a lot of people, you probably should just believe him. Like don't challenge that guy.
1: It was like that guy killed maybe three people. But he tells that someone, is a lot of people, and that'd by be a lot. That's more people yeah. than most people kill in their whole lifetime. Yeah, I'm now almost forty, and I've killed zero people, so my average is very low.
0: The, I've
2: killed one or two, and I'm getting very stressed about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it just well, okay, seems yeah. like I need to. You gotta really stop asking me thing. to help you clean I, up bodies from the house. I like the idea of knowing your number as one or two. Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe there is another one it's in like there. I've
2: killed two I people
0: that I know of.
1: I mean, again, saying as American citizens who pay taxes, the blood of thousands is on our hands.
2: Oh yeah. We support the military. Still,
1: So this guy says, he's like, I killed three people. And he tells someone else, I killed eight people. And then that person is writing a newspaper article and they're like, mm, I'm going to say 23 people like this. <laughs> That's a
2: better number. It's
1: just like a big number. Let's do that. Yeah. It makes the West more exciting when you think about it. The West is one of those weird times. The West is kind of like Silicon Valley or the 60s in that it was a time that was actively creating its own myth while it was still okay, around. Yeah,
2: It was oh, one of those yeah. times where it was like-
1: We are going to create our idea of ourselves as being more exciting than we actually are, partly to draw people out to the West because we need to fill all these enormous open spaces with human beings because this ground isn't going to cultivate itself. These Indians aren't (laughs) going to get pushed off the land by themselves. Uh, By themselves, they would stay. They liked it there. Uh, But but also that like people wanted to – I think in many cases – and this is just me armchair cycle Analyzing, wanted to feel justified in doing these things that they were doing that were so difficult and so hard and so grueling and uncomfortable and you either doing it because you think you're going to get rich or because you have yeah. this romantic idea of i'm starting a new life or i'm building something new or i'm part of this big movement and gunfights is is you know romantic and exciting as opposed to like look we got to lay claim to this land so yeah. everyone go out there and build your sod houses, like take your families right. out there, lose a couple kids, then like start a farm and then just do that for the rest of your life. Like
2: people also yeah. didn't like start trying to cultivate coolness within the past couple decades. Like oh, people yeah. have always wanted, to, wanted be cool. to be the cool one. Yeah. Like that's. Uh, There's a
1: thing I tell people all the time when I'm telling them about movies made in the 1930s, which is. They didn't invent sex in the 1960s. Like if there's a joke in a movie (laughs) in the 1930s about – and you're like, they didn't even realize that's a sex joke. I'm like, they did, dude. Like they were having way more sex then than we are now. But like, yeah, people always wanted to be cool and exciting. Right. Yeah. yeah. And their idea of that was different than it is now. But it was still – there was a desire to be like liked and appreciated and admired and feel like you were part of something.
2: Yeah, people are exactly the same decade to decade, just the sort of like minutia of whatever that stuff is, is Mm – like the same.
1: All the things that seem cool now, like eventually 40 years from now, some mom is going to be singing, I'm the Bad Guy. If, yeah. And her daughter's going to be like, "Ugh, enough of your old person
0: music.
1: <laughs> 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 enough old- of your old person EDM. I don't need this. <laughs> Not that that's EDM, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Cowboys also wanted to be cool. <laughs> they also wanted
1: to seem cool. They wanted to seem, I mean, there's so many. Western movies.
2: William Eyelash would have been a great cowboy name.
1: Uh, uh I don't know. More it's more like a like a Billy
2: Eyelash.
1: Billy Billy Eyelash. Maybe William Eyelash. They is kind shoot of like your a, eyelash. Like an Elizabethan clean off. pop. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that like there's a, there's a lot of movies where young guys like run off to go out west because they think it's going to be cool. Yeah. And I don't know how many actually did that, but I fi- feel that feeling is probably. Accurate. Yeah, there's a lot of like,
2: I mean, they don't say it like this, but it's a lot of, God, Mom, like you don't understand me. I'm going to go find myself. Mm -hmm. But then instead of going to Burning Man, they go to the place where Burning Man eventually would be.
1: Yeah, and then they tell someone, I burned a man once. But they
2: didn't
0: (laughs) really. (laughs) Like they just (laughs) made that up. In general, the Old West, we're looking at, 1865 because uh, the civil war ended mainly uh, all the way to the 1890s and then it ends there because there's a, a famous historical thesis by frederick jackson turner mm-hmm. called the frontier thesis which is basically that as soon as we didn't have the adventure of going west uh, within the contiguous 48 states we all kind of freaked out
1: and he was like, like it was
0: that important to have this cool thing we're talking about there was yeah. always
1: a need for open land in the west of the cities for excess people to go to. And he's like, frontier's closed. We don't have it anymore. Deal with it. (laughs) And he was, I mean, now there are a lot of historians now who are like, what was he talking about? Like, what is he going on about? But- it's weird how much it's still a part of the American psyche that we need unexplored things, and that that was the big thing with space in the '60s was it was like yeah. nobody knows what's out there, and now that we know what's out there, people are not that interested. So it's like, uh, uh computers. Uh, nobody knows what they can do. That's our new frontier. The dark web. Yeah. Oh man. What if we colonize that? But it's yeah, the, the old <laughs> like, colonize the dark web. Like the like. old west. I mean, we should, frankly, because <laughs> the uh, the old west. It's such a condensed period of time, and it's like yeah. – I think a, people think it was like 100 years long or something like that. But yeah, it's after the Civil War when you got – people are like, well, we don't have to fight this war anymore, so now we can – you have a lot of dispossessed people looking for things to do, and people can finally like make something with their lives that's not involved with the war. Yeah. And then – I mean the war itself is four, four and a half years or something like that, but that feels like it's like 30 years. But, uh, <laughs> right. And then it's up till – yeah, not quite even the turn of the century. But because of all the movies and TV shows, you would think that it was like a hundred years. Like it was, yeah, it's like, like forever. If in my lifetime, which is 1981 until now, 2019, it's like if you made 70,000 movies like about people <laughs> during that time, but they were all about the same. It was all about people moving to Seattle for the grunge movement, like 70,000 Seattle grunge movies. And you'd be like, oh man, <laughs> this must've been a hundred years of grunge. But-,
0: but
2: also the other thing about all that is it isn't a long period of time in terms of like thinking of an era, but it is about 30 years. And when you think about like 1990 to right now, like that oh, is yeah. a lot of different eras of mm, It doesn't of seem things. like that
1: much time to me. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like an, uh, the blink of an eye. I, I batted my Billie <laughs> Eilish. <suddenly. laughs> but, but it's like the Cold War was longer then. Right in the old west time. Well, basically, you know? no,
2: no, no. I'm not arguing but that. A lot I'm ha- just a saying, lot like, because especially road. when we looked when we were like looking at like what year exactly are we trying to set this? Because yeah. and we still fudge it a lot. But like, it's funny to think that people in the future will like sort of just lump all of the past thirty years of our history together, and yeah. like they're just gonna have like some theme park where it's like a historical reenactment theme park and people are going to be like, oh, I'm like driving my Tesla to go try the first MacBook or whatever. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. Like those are completely different. Wow. President Bill Clinton really like listening to this Lady Gaga. It's like, this is all very different eras. (laughs) It's all not the same. What are you going to do? But (laughs) it's like to future people, that looks the same. I'll
1: play Fortnite on my Atari Atari 2600. (laughs) Like, no, you can't do that. Well, it's like we were talking a little bit about the restaurant medieval times. And medieval times, like that, was a h- big swath of history. But we're like, yeah, yeah, knights, princess, castle, whatever. <laughs> and, like, yeah, all this different stuff. Had, like, there's, there's a. I think sometimes about how fashion in like the 17th century. It was like, oh, for 10 years, it was like wide neck ruffs. And then people were going for the narrow neck ruffs. Right. And like they, they different types of knee breeches. But to us, it all looks the same. But to them, they must yeah. have been like,
2: wow, that's so outdated. Yeah.
1: You would have seen someone from <laughs> with a narrow neck ruff and you'd be like, dude, what are you thinking? We're all wearing wide neck ruffs now. <laughs> but the same way that people 100, 200, 300 years from now, if, you know, if there is such a thing as people in that time period, uh, <laughs> they'll see pictures of the 20th century and they'll be like, oh, jeans. Everyone was wearing jeans. Boot cut won't mean anything to them. Like skinny jeans won't mean anything to them. It'll just yeah. be like, oh, denim pants. For like 70 years, everyone was wearing denim pants. Got it. Same pants all the time. Also, yeah, like, for everything. Phones yeah.
2: Phones are going to be the other thing where it's like, if you look at a movie and somebody's got a flip phone, you're like, oh, hilarious. This is, that's so outdated. <laughs> They're just going to look at any kind of,
1: yeah, the way that we phone. think of
2: phones and be like, that is. All clearly that era. Maybe not flip phones, but any kind of iPhone. Because I think if you look at like an older iPhone, you're like, this movie was made,
1: yeah, 10 really years ago. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, but if you were, if you were looking at a movie from the 1930s and a movie from the 1950s, you wouldn't be like, hmm, I can see the difference in the hats. But to anyone from that time, they're like, I remember those hats. Yeah. I remember when we wore those hats.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do but- I still have my 30 sat? I don't know. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I wonder Check if that's going to make a comeback. Yeah. With these cowboys, we have some fashion stuff with them, specifically that there's a myth in general that cowboys wore cowboy hats, the way we think of it, like a right. cowboy hat yeah. on, on a modern person. Like a 10-gallon. Cowboys did
1: not wear ornamental non-functional hats. Yeah, that <laughs> really <much>. yeah. <laughs>
2: wouldn't no sense. Yeah,
1: they because mostly wore hats that like
2: made sense to wear. But they're not as cool looking.
0: Yeah, they were farm workers. A lot of them were are sort of almost sombrero looking to us, like a much wider, flatter brim. And then also they kind of did the thing where, you know, like a modern farmer today will just be wearing a hat and it's not that functional, but they just enjoy it. They had top hats, they had weird flat hats on. And then also there a lot a of few- bowler hats. People loved bowler hats back then. Yeah, and there's a Western historian, Lucius Beebe, claims the bowler hat was, quote, the hat that won the West. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, bowlers like, uh, you know, like Wimpy from Popeye or something. Like, they were all wearing that in the West. We don't think of it.
2: Yeah, I mean it's – Well, you think bad guys are because bowler hats look kind of like rich to us, I think. So we're Uh, like – Only because
1: we think of them as like banker hats.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. So like the bad guy – But we have
1: to remember this was a time when everybody wore hats. (laughs) So the idea of someone wearing a hat didn't mean like, oh, fancy. Like if you didn't wear a hat, it was like, get a hat on your head, man. What are you doing? (laughs) Where's your hat? In Western movies, there's always the one guy who has a string on his hat to hold his hat on. Uh And as a kid, I was always like, that looks so lame to me. But it's like, no, it makes perfect sense. If you're riding a (laughs) horse, you should have a string on your hat so that your hat doesn't fly off your head. It's (laughs) a functional thing. Like the hat's purpose is to keep the sun off of your head and to stay on your head when you're riding a horse or just walking around. But as with a lot of Western stuff or with, with things in general, once something stops being functional and starts being ornamental, it gets like, cooler looking and, like, becomes the thing. And, like, most of the guys who wear cowboy hats now, they're not wearing it to, like, keep the sun out of their eyes as they ride across the range. And the same way that a lot of guys who wear cowboy boots, they don't need cowboy boots. Like, so they get, like, or I used to Ooh, wear- can
2: we talk cowboy boots for a sec?
1: Mm-hmm. I want sure. to talk about
2: my favorite thing that I learned from these articles. Yes. <laughs> the pointy-toed cowboy yes. boot dancing. Did you watch the documentary, the, like, mini documentary from No, Vice? I read
1: about it, but I didn't get
0: to watch it.
2: it I was so charmed by it. Because yeah, it and it's is, a modern thing. It is mod. It's a modern trend in Mexico. In there's a specific city it started in, the name of which is escaping me. But me too.
0: It'll be in the footnotes yeah, for people. It yeah. is
2: a specific kind of dance. That the thing about it is that you do the dance with these cowboy boots with such long pointy like they look to me like what i would think of as like a genie shoe mm-hmm. yeah. Like, but like much much longer and pointier <laughs> and you can go as long and pointy as you want with them like and these guys like at least a lot of them are like kind of young like they seem like maybe teenagers or like guys in their 20s will like modify their own boots to make them like as long and as curvy and rounded as possible yeah they're completely impractical, but it is like this sort of subculture, and they compete in dance competitions wearing these <laughs> particular boots. It's so charming and cool to watch, and the boots are so non-functional, but it's such oh, a yeah. thing.
0: Folks, if you look in the food notes, they are extremely long points on them. Like Whatever you're thinking of, it's longer. It's longer. It's it like, seems impossible to walk in. It yeah. does seem
2: impossible to walk <laughs> in. Like That's why it's a flex to dance in them, because yeah. you're like, I'm so good at wearing these boots. I mean, it's like at first blush, there's something about you where like, that looks really silly. And then it's like, heels, my heels are silly. Like, this is exactly kind of the same thing.
0: Botas picudas are what they're called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and apparently people dance to electronic music in them, yeah. which is uh, like about the Those... furthest from cowboy times we can get and very exciting.
1: Well, why not? Yeah. Look, I don't know. If you, th- you play electronic <laughs> music for cowboys, I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, it's toe tapping. Okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I wonder if they would be into it. Cowboys seem like they would be chill about that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, real cowboys or movie cowboys?
2: Well, real cowboys probably would have been a little less charmed by it.
1: You never they, know. They you seem know what? like
2: they have too much real stuff to do.
1: <laughs> but that's when you got a lot of real stuff to do, that you need that kind of release.
2: Actors who played movie cowboys seem like they would have been really not well, into movie this. Movie
1: cowboys and the actors who played them seem to have had a much more defined and limited view of what a cowboy could be. Than actual cow because it's like you're saying like if you're actually working with cows and you're you're working either on a ranch or you're doing a cattle drive or something you're not like. I be- I have to have the exact right kerchief. Oh, I need to. Like- i bet uh, I'm not a real cowboy if I don't have this piping on my western shirt. It's like in the book Cowboy Culture that I mentioned earlier. It was like they're talking about you bought like a set of clothes and they got disgusting on a cattle drive and then you threw them away and you bought a new set of clothes because they were so destroyed. So like you couldn't be too precious about them. But if you're playing a cowboy like John Wayne or Gary Cooper or whatever, they really really justify the fact that they're cowboys when what they're doing is playing dress up. And yeah. like pretending to be cowboys for lots of money. So they have to be like, oh well this is what a real cowboy is. Like this is the ethic of a cowboy. Whereas if you're working out with cows on the range, you're like, Yeah, you don't have time to yeah. like waste on, oh well, ma'am, I wear this <laughs> kind of hat because it shows that I believe in this aspect of the cowboy code, you know. Yeah, there's you're no just cowboy in way. Regardless of what Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland would like us to believe, there's no cowboy way.
2: It's all the same thing where it's like the more gatekeepery you are about whatever subculture you're a part of is, the less truly into that subculture you are. Like,
0: Yeah, <laughs> dudes
2: I know who are, like, super into punk are never like, well, that's not punk. They're usually just like, yeah, I mean, I just like all the things I like and I'm secure about it.
1: Mm, I don't know. I know plenty of punks who are like, that's not – but I guess, yeah, they are insecure about it. But it's like yeah. they're,
2: they're, like, secure about it. You yeah. don't have to be constantly f- – broadcasting it to everybody yeah
0: that's true yeah and uh, i'm thinking a little bit back to the bodas picudas because it is like a very wild modern version of cowboy dress that's obvious and i feel like the hats and everything else we can look at here would look that way to actual cowboys like the uh, the stetson that we think of as a cowboy hat was not really worn at the time and it would seem really and like, that's ornamental and so so yeah, well,
2: impractical
1: it's yeah. like the scene in uh, back to the future 3 when Marty goes back and he's wearing that jacket with all the fringes on it and everything, and everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you wearing? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, it's uh, like that the stuff that movie cowboys would wear is not what, like, cowboy yeah. cowboys would wear, you know?
0: And then as far as guns go, we've got a lot here about, like we said before, the Old West was not really full of violent, crazy gunfights. The records of people like Billy the Kid, he claimed dozens of murders. Historians think it was closer to four. Uh, which is not the the crazy gunfighter. It's thing not to look no forward.
2: murders. It's yeah. a lot. I it's mean, it's pretty murder for a, yeah. one person. Pretty that's pretty
1: murder. That's still someone you don't want running around. It's not like, <laughs> you're, like oh, you're under five. It's okay. Like you got. But I think
2: we think like because if somebody said in the year 2019, yeah, I've killed four people, you'd be like, you should be in prison. This is like, <laughs> right. What's wrong with you? please don't be in any room that I'm also in. <laughs> but because it's like the old West, I guess there's part of me that's like four, that's not like I, my jerk right. reaction is <laughs> just yeah. like, yeah, everybody could just kill us the wild West. And like that, and I don't mean it in terms of the colloquial expression. It was the wild West of blank. I mean, literally it was the era we think of as the wild West. But <laughs> yeah. how
1: wild was it really, Jenny?
2: Well, that's what we're here to find out. <laughs> it. yeah.
1: well, it's also like that you'd see whenever there's a big gunfight, there was, like, a lot of newspaper talk about it, and if that was a regular thing, there would not be such a newspaper. Like, yeah, you, right. you can kind of see that now with the coverage of fires in California where we're still at the level of, like, ah, these fires, but we're getting to the place where people are going to be like, fire over there, and then eventually it's just not going to make the news. It's just going to be real like yeah. overboard. like mass
2: shootings. Yeah. Yeah, well, and with, yeah. Yeah, with shooting, we ironically
1: have far more shootings now I think than we did then.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll link to uh, there's a Smithsonian article here called "Gun Control Is as Old as the Old West," and it draws on a lot of sources for the gunfights just being super rare and the gun violence being it seems like much rarer then. Uh, historian Rick Shankman says that at the 1881 gunfight at the OK Corral, which is one of the most famous gunfights ever, there were three deaths. And that contributed to a total of five all year for the town of Tombstone, which was its bloodiest year ever. And by that's like one of
2: the most famous Old West yeah. towns and now, shootouts. Not to play
1: devil's advocate too much. Here we go. But part of it was that it was a lot harder to shoot people with guns back then. Like guns were not yeah. as accurate then as they are now. So you could have a shootout where people didn't really get seriously hurt. But also – and the guns were just not as powerful, a lot of them. But also that – for a town of Tombstone, that's a lot of people. Like there were, that's there true, was no yeah. city or town back then as big as the big cities and towns now. I mean, it's still crazy that – what was it, a year or two ago that New York was like, we had a whole weekend with no shootings. We did it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. it was like, oh, good, good job, I guess. But there's also <laughs> millions and millions of people there, whereas like five deaths in one year for a town the size of Tombstone is probably still pretty crazy. But, yeah. they, but a lot of the towns like you couldn't just walk around with guns all the time. Anya, yeah. That was the big thing was that, like, the sheriff would be like, okay, check in your guns. You got to leave them here with me. And then. Usually, some prankster would sneak their gun in. Oh boy. <laughs> also,
2: yeah, like, we, it's the town's name was Tombstone, which I do feel like is part of the reason we're all like, lots of people probably died there. Yeah. yeah. right. Or like, like
1: Deadwood, we're like, <laughs> Deadwood, not, not yeah. that much happened, but they're like, yeah, but it's called Deadwood. Whereas if those towns were just named after whoever started, oh no, maybe they were named after guys named like Jack Tombstone and Roger Deadwood.
2: <laughs> but if those towns were called like, I don't know, Cerritos, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, like a town. I guess I yeah, was just thinking of any, right, any town close by.
1: <laughs> like, uh, watch out, boys! You're going to Mariposa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound so bad. Oh, yeah, I guess it doesn't. Okay.
2: Oh, you better get get ready, boys! We're going to Glendale, <laughs> the Jewel City. <laughs> We're heading to West Hollywood. Isn't that just part of Los Angeles? It is its own municipality. It has a mayor, kind of. <laughs> the other Was thing it? about this is you have to kind of contextualize the fact that now that we're talking about it, there were also duels happening on the East Coast during this time. I don't feel like we think about like New York City yeah. in the year 1895. Not Like not gangs as many. of New York happened somewhere in there, right?
1: Yeah, well, that was like the 1860s.
2: Right. So, so that's like things right were before pretty era, deadly but- elsewhere. Yeah, like, sure. Comparatively yeah. for the time, the West wasn't that wild. Uh, maybe. Take that, yeah. the West.
0: Yeah, do yeah. you think you're all that? <laughs> you're yeah. not so wild. It is true that we gotta we gotta keep it in the context of lots of violence and murder in the past. And then, as far as the stats on like Western murder, that same Smithsonian article cites historian Robert Dykstra, who looked at the five biggest cattle towns in Kansas, which all had hundreds to over a thousand people in them. But from 1870 to 1885, which is prime Western time, those five towns had 45 total murders in those 15 years. Which is about 0.6 murders per year per town. And uh, so that's not a lot. Yeah, you know? but you, it's gotta, fine.
1: you gotta spice up Kansas. Listen, this is a time period <laughs> when what's the exciting place people are going to? Kansas. You gotta spice yeah, it up. That's That's the level people are reaching for when they're like, do you hear about Kansas? Like, we got to go over to Kansas. That's where the crazy stuff is happening. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Whereas literally by the time you get to like the 30s even, which is almost 100 years ago now, in Wizard of Oz, Kansas is literally synonymous with like the most Horror. boring place you could be. That's where <laughs> everyone is. And like Oz is the wild place. But not like, And then you got to look at like how many people were actually dying in Oz. Not that many. One witch. No, two witches over the course of that entire year. Just that's true. The yeah. know, witch of the east and the witch of the west. But we look back at that time and we're like, oh, witches were dying all over the place. <laughs> Houses were constantly dropping on witches. One time it happened. One time.
0: Yeah, because of all the songs we misremembered. <laughs> <Yeah>. but... <laughs> the reason they were singing a big about deal. the witch
1: being dead was because it was so out of the ordinary. <laughs> and now we just think that that's how it was in Oz. Witches were always dying and getting sung about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> UCLA history professor Stephen Aaron says that Dodge City, Kansas, uh, which has a very wild name, even Dodge City. Wow.
1: Yeah. You got to dodge uh, out of the
0: way. <laughs> Bullets flying everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But they uh, they formed a city government in 1878 and literally their first law was no guns in town. Uh, like you said, you have to turn in the gun before you can enter. And then also, like, not only are we misimagining cowboy hats and all their clothes, but the guns they're carrying, like you said, were not good. They were old. They were poorly made they could only be accurate from about 50 feet or 15 meters if you're in metric because they used like a cap and ball, almost musket type system. Yeah, these Uh, are not not automatic weapons. You had
2: to also be carrying like plenty of ammunition and like be ready to like reload. It was was cumbersome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so like the cool movie drawing is not how it worked. Like you would just all try to shoot each other and see what happens. It's a lot more
2: like the (laughs) shootout place at disneyland in Frontierland, where it's like you (laughs) get those little little targets (laughs) and like they say like funny things and you shoot at them like i don't know don't shoot at me i don't remember what it says but it's like about as accurate at that as that those are that's tricky well that 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 one's tricky
0: because they're crappy guns
1: well it's similarly like uh the way that that you think everyone in the past like that, that everyone's a like a nowadays like knows martial arts if you watch the movies or something. Yeah. But then like, it's not everyone, like everyone was a great gun shooter back then. Like, again, there's a reason Annie Oakley was like famous. (laughs) Because she was really (laughs) good at shooting and nobody else was good. But then, but when in the movies, it's more exciting to see would go like, like fanning the hammer on his pistol and just going bam, 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 getting like five or six guys. I've realized, I never thought of this before, that gun control is kind of like vaccines in a way. When guns were, an imminent problem. Towns were like, you can't have guns here. And yeah. when disease was an imminent problem, it was like you got to get vaccines. But then you reach a point where those things are not daily problems anymore, or the potential is not there, and so yeah. it's like get take the rules away, we're fine. And then everything goes bad again. So it's like, you know what? I, I, wanna, I don't say this a lot, but maybe people would be a lot better off if it was still like old west times. <laughs> again, I don't really mean that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> such a small segment would be better off that uh I, I mean, really think for one thing
1: our shoes would be much dirtier <laughs> that is definitely uh, I'm wearing Converse part All Stars and like they would get the white on that would get so covered in horse poop so fast so
2: <laughs> there was one one of the articles that as I started reading it I was like this is a very strange point for them to make and then they hit sort of the point that I think they were making I was like oh I got it and it started with like there really wasn't that much violence between the actual settlers and native americans yes but – and I kept being like, what is the point of this? Because this all feels inaccurate. <laughs> like, we know that this was – like, what? What's going on? And they were like, the government just was killing millions of yeah. Native Americans. It's like,
1: yeah. oh,
2: that's not better. <laughs> like
1: It was mostly <laughs> mostly the government and the military, although yeah. –
2: Like, it wasn't civilian to Native American. It was like the military would go and be like, cleared this out for you guys. That's worse. It's all awful.
1: It's all pretty bad. Yeah. It's all
2: pretty bad. I just thought it was That's funny key, that the way the article was phrasing it, it started like, "You don't really understand how it is." It oh. was <laughs> worse. Yeah,
1: right. Saying, right. Really... It
0: doesn't say the Native Americans were fine. Yeah. Like, no, it, it <laughs> they was. They were like
2: still
1: this a is as genocide. Many as
0: there always been
2: just yeah. different <laughs> perpetrators. Well, there's.
0: It's interesting.
1: There's a book I want to mention. This. There's a great, great, yeah. great, great, great book that I read earlier this year called "Shadows at Dawn: An Apache Massacre and the Violence of History" by Carl Jacoby. It's wow. about the Camp Grant massacre. And that was one where – one of the ones where it wasn't the military, although most of them were, where it was a group of townspeople who – massacred a village of Apache or I think they call themselves any I have to remember what that it's like every I was trying yeah. to explain this to my son this morning about how every Native American tribe has their name they call themselves but we usually use the name that some French dude or some Spanish dude like first used when they met them like misheard whatever word and was like that's your name now I guess you're the Navajo now but that he was saying that the the story we hear so much is about is a very black and white one between one race versus another race. But this is one where Mexicans, white Americans, and another native tribe all work together to murder this Apache village. And what he was saying in that is kind of along the lines of this, that like you think you watch the movies and it's all violent battles between settlers and Native Americans. And in the article, I think on the Cracked website, they talk about like circling the wagons during wagon trains and things like that, as if that was the thing you suddenly did when natives came and raided you, which did not happen that often. Yeah. That uh, was in, rare. In the and in the I think it's in the Cowboy Culture book they talk about how more often natives would be like, Hey, you're traveling through our land. Give us money and so you would try to go to places where you could avoid paying the toll because like they would charge you <laughs> per head of cattle. They'd be like, give us a nickel for every cow.
2: So we're going to need a shitload of dimes is a real thing.
1: Yes. That Man. was a real – that was – because Blazing Saddles is an accurate movie.
2: Interesting. Good to know.
1: <laughs> that a lot it of, kind a, of is. Yeah. A, a lot of big Western fights ended on the Warner Brothers lot. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, But that – it was a much more complicated and much more ambiguous world where – People of different ethnicities and different races were often more often interacting with each other as trading partners or romantic interests or family members or competitors but not necessarily violent competitors in a way that we don't think of now. We think of it now as mere – it was all conquest and bloodshed and plunder and constant warfare when in reality it was much like – I was going to say messier, but it's actually much less messy. Than that, like it was, it was very organized. It was, or like a yeah. there was no savage, untamed wilderness. You know, there was a world that one kind of people were living in, and then other kind of people came in there and they interacted in a number of different ways. And it wasn't just. It's like a lot more interesting than it. The movie is making yeah. out to be, you know, that there was a lot more. Mixing of people and people who are enemies one day and friends the next day, and then enemies again another day. It went back and forth again because it was like, because the people knew each other. They would live in the same areas and they would get to know each other. And then eventually America would get tired of those people living yeah. there and be like, all right, now we have to, now we're going to kill enough of you <laughs> until you give up. You know, it's it all very changed, not funny to talk about. And I well, understand that I'm mad at that. Yeah, no, but it's an real. important
2: part to talk about as yeah. far as like, and we talk about this all the time, just like the. As much fun as can be had with the Old West, there was so much like truly horrifying elements (laughs) of American history that were like really tied into it.
1: But also that something that gets thrown out in terms of our perspective of the West is often the native experience of it and how – and something that that book Shadows at Dawn really brought home to me was like, oh, this is not the defining event of the Apache people. This is something that happened – In their history, but their history stretches so far back and it involves so many different types of events and human behaviors and human incidents that this is a thing that happened. And it reminded me – like and so often Native Americans only exist in Westerns to be slaughtered either so that we feel bad about it or so that we're happy about it. In the old movies, usually it's so that we could be happy about it. And in the new movies, it's so that we can feel bad about it. But that their perspective is not – this is, again, even less funny. But it made me think about how being Jewish – the Holocaust is not the defining event for me in Jewish history. But – and it was like, oh, OK. So for them, this is yeah. not th- – their their genocide is not the defining event in their history. And just like it so opened up the canvas of Western history to me. To be cool. like, Oh, yeah. there's a whole history here that I know very little about, about their point of view on these events and their point of view on totally unrelated events. Because it wasn't like they were all doing one thing and then white people came in and were like, this is what we're doing now. Like it was all different people doing lots of different things. And – Living in lots of different ways. And they had their own histories of interaction long before Europeans came in and then even sure. after Europeans came in. So it's like I really want to see a Western that treats it from that point of view where it's like a truly native perspective where the emergence of white people on the horizon is not the only or or totality thing going on. You know?
0: Yeah. But, that interaction you described, that does like statistically bear out that that would have been much, much, much more often the way they dealt with each other, like when the, when the white people were coming over the horizon. The cracked article here is Five Ridiculous Myths Everyone Believes About the Wild West by Jay Wisniewski and Kevin Nakamura. And as you guys said, one of those myths is oh, the settlers and the Native Americans were always fighting. And no, it was the US military was like exterminating the Native Americans. And then, meanwhile, groups of settlers and groups of Native Americans would meet each other often. And then, uh, Professor Keith Heyer Meldahl says that about ten to 30,000 emigrants coming from the East died in general coming into the West. Then we also have the National Oregon and California Trail Center Museum says that from 1840 to 1860, Native Americans killed 362 emigrants. And then emigrants killed four hundred twenty-six Native Americans. So with with all those thousands of and hundreds of thousands of people moving, only a few hundred deaths each direction. And it's because they would like meet and trade and be people most of the time. Yeah. So the, the deaths caused by either side were a very small amount. Until the government came in and was like, guys, let's move this up. Come yeah, on, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. Or do it prior to the settlers coming. Yeah. Uh, but start. yeah. So when we think of like Oh, cowboys were constantly in doing gunfire, partly because they were fighting the natives. Like, no, they were just living, and the government was doing all the Indian wars and horrific stuff for the most part.
2: It, yeah, there's something very like propaganda. Is propagandistic a word? It
0: is a word. Yeah. It
2: is. It feels wrong to say.
1: It, well, because yeah, it, it's, it's a, just long. Yeah. yeah.
2: But the, there's feel, something very propagandistic to, about a lot of like Western early media about the Old West.
1: Well, something that Jenny and I said actually in our pitch on our uh, show yeah. was. A Western is not really about the West. A Western is about the time that that Western is being made in. And oh, so yeah. like anytime you're watching a Western, you're more you're watching something that's more about the people who made it than, than you are about what it was really like in that time. Like people are like, ugh, Stagecoach is a bunch of myths. That's why I watch The Wild Bunch. It's like, no, nope, that's <laughs> like, like one is about the 30s and the other is about the 60s. Like that's, like that's what it is. There's very few Westerns that come to mind where it's like, we're going to do this as accurately as possible unless it's um, something that's meant to be educational. But you're always- Or like yeah.
2: Oregon Trail.
1: Yeah, The Oregon Trail video game, Yeah, which of course I mean. is the most accurate.
2: Well, it's, it is educational. <laughs> it is very educational. That's how <laughs> I learned about the Old West. I learned that all you need to survive Me are too. as many bullets as you can buy, <laughs> and then you and your goodly wife, Diarrhea, will make it safely. <laughs> so the wife's
1: name is Diarrhea? Yeah. So it would say that on the tombstone? Yeah. Yeah. Diarrhea oh, yeah, yeah.
2: has died of dysentery.
0: <laughs> yeah. How ironic. My son butts. Uh, poor kid. Yeah.
1: There's – the uh, That game did teach me one thing about the West, which is whenever you go hunting, you, you shoot everything in sight. And then it's like, you killed 4,000 pounds of meat. You can carry 200 pounds yep. of meat. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it why they almost <laughs> exterminated the bison because it was so easy to just kill so many things. Yeah. It was so
2: accurate. All you to, I, Like we were talking about how hard guns to use in the Old West were, and that, that's not true. All you had to do was point and click.
0: That's right, yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to walk or anything. It's you nuts. You in the literally one just spot. sit.
1: You just <laughs> you stand just in one <laughs> spot. You just sit, yeah, in a chair. Yeah. And the animals just walk
2: back and forth in front of you. Yeah, you can do it from a computer lab. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and with, the, and with the, the people people would meet in the Old West, like we've got that they're cowboys who are agricultural workers, so they are not shooting each other, and when they do, the guns are bad. Also, the ethnic makeup of the cowboys is – not what people think and, and doesn't match basically any movie prior to the last few years, I think. Uh, yeah. Because we've got a lot here about uh, not only cowboys being a creation of Mexican cattlemen. So it's not like the defining American thing if if it was invented in Mexico. It was
1: all like so much of it stems from Spanish horsemanship being brought to Mexico and and then being adjusted for – the specific needs of the Mexican cattle industry, and like the kinds of saddles and the kinds of hats and everything like that, it all that all comes from Mexico originally, yeah. and then it's part of the reason that so much of cowboy terminology is like Spanish sounding. Basically, when I read about that, it was like there's part of you that's like, oh, but this is supposed to be like like yeah. our special thing. But <laughs> yeah. like this is like Europe has knights, and the United States has cowboys, and exactly. Mexico yeah. is like. No, there's a reason that cowboys do that stuff, because it was all on land that you stole from us. <laughs> <laughs> that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and it's also like we think of, when we look at uh, Western films, we're like, oh, all the cowboys and like, all the people living on the frontier towns were like white men. And it's like, no, no, that's just all the people who were in movies
1: right yeah it turns <laughs> out that the people who were being cast in movies in the 1930s through 1980s or so or 19 teens yeah 90, like there's so many so many western movies are silent movies that nobody watches anymore or these or like the B-movie programmers that nobody watches it. like yeah you go I watch a lot of westerns my family we have a membership at the Autry Museum of the West great museum it's a great oh, yeah. museum It's going. and there's a screen that just shows clips from Gene Autry movies and my son is always like have you seen this one I'm like no <laughs> I'm not gonna watch these Gene Autry cowboy sing-alongs but there's tons of them. But like the people who were being cast in those movies, it turns out, were not real cowboys straight from the West or even real people from the frontier. It turns out they were all actors. What do you say to that, Jenny?
2: Uh Well, as somebody who thought they were all documentaries until this moment, I just feel like glad I learned something.
1: Okay, good. Because when we
2: went, I was walking around, I was like, wow, why they got all these real clothes for these real cowboys? (laughs) And Ellie was like, Jenny, these are costumes. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs)
1: Oh,
2: boy. The... the one thing we've talked a lot about is like women on the uh, frontier and yeah. like the amount like there had to be women and they had to serve yeah. like there had to be more than one special woman per town. Like, <laughs> Marlena, there was not enough of Marlena Dietrich to go around. No, there never is. There never oh, is. She, she was special. Really? But yeah. it always is like uh, it's like every town had Smurfette syndrome where it's like <laughs> it's all dudes and then like one lady. <laughs> like no there were many women.
0: Yeah. Or if you're lucky the studio had two women under Contract. That's, so then you have a character you'd, actress you'd as well. You'd have the
1: good woman <laughs> and the bad woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, we love both.
2: the bad woman.
1: There's the, there's the madam, and then there's like the school schoolmarm. Or yeah. for the older Westerns, there's the white wife, and then there's the Mexican ex-girlfriend. And that's like in High Noon. Oh, where it's yeah. like It's – was it Katie – Girado, who's like, yeah. Well, I used to be. I used to be with Gary Cooper, and Grace Kelly's like, mm-hmm, now he's with me, and it's and the movie makers are like, see, she saved him from having to marry this Mexican woman. <laughs> like, but there's if you're lucky, yeah. So a hat- town with two women, so one can be good and one some one can be bad, right? And if there's more than two, one of them is good and the rest are just bad. Yeah, but it's just yeah. A,
2: there might be a child.
1: There's a bunch. Sometimes there's a little kid. No, the little boy. Little kids are always boys. Yeah, they're okay. always they're always boys so that they can grow up like daddy or be sad when the hero gets killed. And the, <laughs> or it's the lots of women who are like a bunch of gossipy hens about the bad woman in town who turns out to be a real good person. You know, but, <laughs> but the real West, it was like someone had to actually do the job of holding communities together and like raising families and making it possible for people to survive. So that men could just be like riding around, pushing cows all over the
2: place. That is exactly what it's still like to be a woman. (laughs) I'm just going to quietly hold everything down over here and uh, make it look like I've done nothing.
0: Mm -hmm. That is such a movie thing and I'm – uh, realizing especially when we we're talking before about westerns representing the time they were in, almost all of them were made during sexist and segregated times. So that's why the movies are all white men, but we've got tons here on women in the West and also men of other races being important cowboys. Because uh, yeah. not only
2: And lawmen, uh, which we we think we talked about as well. Like the yeah. blazing saddles like joke thing premise was not actually that inaccurate. Yeah. Or was not actually that Unheard of. One of the articles talks about the – what's the – I don't remember what the exact percentage was, but there were a lot of –
1: 97% of (laughs) all sheriffs
0: were actually people of color. Uh, Uh, It's not that cool, but it it is good. It was up to 25% of all cowboys were black. And then also uh, probably about a third of them were Mexican or Hispanic vaqueros, where we get eventually the word buckaroo, because also we get bronco, lariat, stampede, a bunch of other Western terms from these Mexican cattlemen, many of whom moved north because there was work there too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're looking at a group of cowboys, it's a lot of Hispanic and black people in addition to white
1: people. Again, in the movies, especially the old movies, there's usually one Mexican guy. He's kind of dopey. Maybe he's the cook, or maybe just takes care of the, the one horse, but he's like... Nobody. Everyone jokes around with him. He's or he's his best the bad friend. guy. Or well, oh, I was going to yeah. get to that on the ranch. Well, here's Jewish the one guys
2: guy. play Mexican guys who are in, bad guys out in the cave <laughs> right. where the bandits
1: live. There's a Jewish man, Eli Wallach, play, playing <laughs> yeah. a Mexican. Occasionally, an Italian is playing that Mexican, yeah. but he's the bad guy Mexican. <laughs> that but is yeah, it, as of color
2: as those movies get,
1: right? An Italian, yeah. 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 <laughs> but one of the uh, one of the articles makes the good point about black cowboys that there were a lot of people who. Since this is all post-Civil War, a lot of people leaving an enslaved condition and now looking for a new place to be where they can start a life away from a place that is designed to keep them down. Yeah. And as much as they didn't necessarily find it to the standards that they should have in the West, there was still these new communities where they were allowed roles by the white establishment that they had not been in, in the older parts of America. Older parts of the United States, I should say. Because there have been people in that part of America for thousands of years. (laughs) Forever, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: And it's not just like an occasional thing that happened. According to PBS's show Texas Ranch House, not only were approximately a quarter of Cowboys black – But that adds up to about 9,000 black cowboys, which for the population of the time is a lot of people. And then the lawman that Jenny mentioned, it's former Texas slave Bass Reeves, who had a 32-year career as a lawman, arresting about 3,000 felons, including his own son. and was That is commitment. (laughs) That's awkward. Yeah. That's very awkward. I don't know how that's not a movie already, which is just a thing.
2: Yeah. He was... (laughs) You know, he caught him smoking weed, and he wanted to teach him a lesson. And right. He- <laughs> oh, so that's he sure what it was? Oh, oh, yeah. It was just, oh, it was just that dadly, oh. like, cop car pull-up. Oh, like- he,
1: caught him, he caught him with a cigarette, and he said, uh, he said oh, well, look here. You're going to have to smoke a whole carton of yeah, those. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like, but I have to roll these myself. I've got to roll a whole carton? Yes, and then smoke them all. My hands. <laughs> oh, man, that's the real problem.
0: <laughs> And also uh, Bass Reeves in life had a Native American partner and he also wore disguises when he worked. And so uh, that's pretty much the Lone Ranger's origin story.
1: Well, there's no reason that you can't have a black Lone Ranger in movies or TV.
0: We yeah. should be catching
1: that right now. Yeah. Well, then I mean, they I... wouldn't do it, but now, sure. Why not? Now, I mean, then yeah. they. I mean, then when he was actually a sheriff, they didn't have TV or the movies. Oh yeah, so <laughs> the Lone Ranger character hadn't been created yet, yes. so it'd be weird if we were like, "Well, we've got a new way to use your IP," and they'd be like, "What? <laughs> IP? IP?
0: Are you talking about IP freely?" <laughs> The <laughs> uh, pranks of the West, like IP freely, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you knew there was some guy. We find all these people, real people, oh, with crazy such names. Such good names. So you know there was some kind of like Ignatius Prescott Freely or something like that, who was oh, wandering yeah. the West, yeah, just letting fly. But wherever. again,
2: they probably knew. People yeah, they like it. played pranks on each other and were like. Yeah. Jerks. They were funny. <laughs> yeah,
1: they were jerks back then too. Yeah. And you
2: know what? I find all that a little comforting. No matter what time in history we're talking about, everyone's kind of a jerk.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of old timey jerks, uh, women were not allowed to vote most of the time in U.S. history. Uh, and then <laughs> That's
2: true. Next We've, year's
0: the 100th anniversary. Yeah. Very excited. I think. Probably. Jerks being the
1: people keeping them down, not, yeah, the, yeah. Women. not the women. Uh, yeah. Wait. Some of the women will jerk. <laughs> Next
2: year's the sure 100th I anniversary
1: this. of the amendment. I think Trump, in honor of it, is going to revoke it. <laughs> it's like you got a good <laughs> 100 oh, years. Oh, That's all, all you needed. Yeah, yeah, you guys was, have really
2: messed this up for 100 uh, years. Here's so. a way to stop
1: Warren from running against me. Now she can't vote. Hardy har har. I made, her, I made him into like a pirate captain. <laughs> 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 but the. Uh, I think you're about to tell us that in uh, Western states and Western territories or localities, often they could.
0: Yeah, it was particularly common because uh, right after the Civil War, many women's suffrage activists were hoping as they're doing the 13th, 14th, 15th amendments to give former slaves the right to vote, just the men, we can just get women in there too because human rights, It'll, it'll be a thing we can do. And they couldn't. And so then they said, next, let's focus on the new Western states and territories where people are more independent and we think we can do it. And they had a lot of success in basically every state in the West. And we'll have a map noted either the territory or the state let women vote before 1920 when uh, the uh, 19th Amendment came along that will have its anniversary next year. Oh, so exciting. That's Very nice. cool. Again, yeah.
2: you you said that and I suddenly like was seized with a cold panic realizing oh, no. that really might happen. Oh, <laughs> uh, it won't. It's not. Uh, this, uh, t- you'd
1: have to pass a new amendment and like two thirds of the state or states or whatever would have to ratify it. So maybe actually. <laughs> Honestly.
2: <laughs>
0: And, uh, and with that uh, with that, women's suffrage in the West, it goes really far back ahead of the amendment. The Wyoming Territory let women vote in 1869, Utah 1870, and then also Washington, Montana, Alaska Territories all allowed women to vote before 1920. And then most of the states as well, Colorado, Idaho, and California, Arizona, Kansas, Oregon, et cetera.
1: I wonder if- They just let them do it. Yeah. I wonder if it was a an issue partly of their not having enough people- To hold full elections or of wanting to attract women there that like we have all these men working here and we need women to, you know, form – Good, classic nuclear families. They didn't call them nuclear families at the time because they didn't have that concept. They were like, well, what, is,
2: what does that even mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. But if it was like, hey, come out here and you can vote too and you can you can marry Slim or clam." or something
2: Well, that's some the thing dude. is they're, they're coming out and they're like, I don't know if I want to go out there. All the guys have one outfit and it's falling apart. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. How about this? You get to vote. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: God. Oh, that's worth all this <laughs> dying of dysentery yeah. for. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because uh, in the East, they just weren't bothering to offer that incentive. Only New York and Michigan granted suffrage before the amendment, and it was three years beforehand, so it so was really late in the game. And in the 1910s, <laughs> some Midwestern states started letting women just vote for president, not for the other offices, which seems like you know you're in the wrong, but you're just like trying to, to give them something to a, calm them down. A lot of know? American history is people knowing they're in the wrong, but being like,
1: eh, <laughs> we kind of want to keep doing this, yeah,
0: so yeah. – but yeah, so the West was full of diverse men and women, many of them voting, which is a thing that is, is never in the movie. It's always just guys shooting each other I mean, who are that's, white.
2: That's legitimately more exciting than all the shootouts like yeah. on a human level. I was going to say the exact opposite oh, thing okay. <laughs> from a
1: cinematic point of view. <laughs> from, I think shooting is more exciting than voting.
2: It, to watch on screen, but it is a more exciting idea to know existed.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's true.
2: Definitely a less fun movie is watching people like navigate the polling process and figuring out how to get to work. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, what time do I have to get there? Man, it's taking a lot longer than I thought. Has this person in front of me like never seen a ballot before? Why do they keep <laughs> right. I to get a new one? Like, yeah.
1: And also, they didn't have stickers. They had to brand "I voted." On <laughs> Everybody
2: was sitting for like long, like pictures, like <laughs> lithographs of themselves with the <laughs> "I voted." <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, someone send it on social media. Yeah, that put points.
2: it up on a magic lantern in the <laughs> town square.
0: <laughs> this last thing, uh, we, we've talked a lot about real cowboys, the real West, and then this is sort of a, about the culture of it. There's like a myth about the myths about it where we think that most movie Westerns were like John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and really gritty kind of stuff, but we've got a lot here about how Movie westerns were all kinds of things, and the first huge hits were often singing cowboys. And we we know this a little bit from going to the Autry Museum. Gene Autry, the most famous uh, cowboy singer. Mm, but there's a I whole guess bunch these of them. days. Now that the Roy Rogers fried chicken chain and
1: roast beef sandwich chain has fallen yeah. into disrepair. <laughs> I
2: love cowboy music. We've listened to. I feel like a lot, a lot of, of it. it. We listened
1: to a lot of Marty Robbins while we're working on this. Oh yeah. wow! Cool. We
2: pitched to Marty Robbins. We, not, we yeah. pitched to him. We pitched with his song. He's sadly no longer playing. with us. Yeah, yeah. but
1: th- we we pitched. Part of the pitch involved us pretending to play guitar <laughs> to a to an instrumental track of oh, uh, wow. of the song Big Iron. Big Iron. Westerns. I think a lot of people don't realize that westerns were the first big movie genre, and they were the main movie genre. And for early TV, one of the two or three main TV genres. For decades. And so it was like you had comedy westerns, you had romance westerns, you had adventure westerns, you had historical westerns, female westerns, not as many. And you had <laughs> male westerns. And you did have, and at the Autry, you'll see poster this, you did have westerns for primarily black audiences with black western stars. They just only played on mostly black movie circuits. Yeah. You had like all these, there were so many different type of westerns. And so the ones we think of are like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, maybe if people are lucky, they're familiar with Rory Calhoun, but you had tons of singing cowboys, you had tons of like comedy cowboys, and like all these many, many, many different types of Westerns, because at the time it was like, what kind of movie are we going to see? Are we going to see a comedy or a romance or a Western? Like that's all the movies that we're making. And something that I think is going to lead superhero movies down down the, the drain is that they already feel like a lot of the same thing, and a genre either has to diversify or die, and Westerns diversified very quickly and for a long time, and then they died anyway because other stuff came along. And
2: they, it's a very they... malleable genre. Yeah. Like you can do a lot with it and within this like huge scope of the world.
1: I mean even looking now yeah. on TV, there's like – in the past 10 years, you've had like Deadwood, you've had Westworld, you've had Hell on Wheels – You've had a saloon uh, coming soon, but yeah, uh, yeah. eventually you've had- um, Like Justified is kind of modern version. Yeah, yeah. like modern West. And yeah. there's, there's a lot of things you can do with it because the basic defining thing about a Western is partly that it's just in a geographical place. Like Justified is in Kentucky, right? Which is yeah. by no means considered the frontier West, but at one point was the West. It's more like any place where people are- living kind of on the edge of survival
2: to a certain extent space kind of like took over this in like the public imagination but westerns were so cheap to make and it's like they didn't have like the technology to make space look great like until i mean i I guess i think of the 60s and 70s as being like when space started taking over from the west yeah and even like the fact that like star trek a lot of those actors were came from Western backgrounds. Like they came from doing Western. Well, and the old thing
1: that, yeah. that they used to say was that Star Trek was wagon train in space. So many of the space movies were Westerns that were like, Buh, but instead of natives, were shooting aliens. You know? Right. Like, oh, I've got a blaster <laughs> in a holster, you know? Yeah, they were treated
2: this sort of the same way. But then I think that now, I guess because I was thinking about when you're talking about different TV shows set in the West, I'm like, yeah, but I can name so many more set in space.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, even Firefly has a lot of Western. People in it, and, and then there's yeah. a bunch of others that kind of draw on that. That's explicitly
2: yeah. a space western. Too. I mean, they have horses
0: yeah. in the opening credits, which
2: yeah. is
1: kind of crazy to me. <laughs> but it's not, but it shouldn't be because it's like, yeah, makes sense. You're not going to just leave horses behind on Earth. Go, they're useful all over the place. Yeah, you don't have to ride tauntauns. Bring a horse with you.
2: <laughs> but like western musicals were were totally a thing.
1: That's people uh, make fun of the of a uh, paint. paint Your Wagon. I was about to
2: say the pa- people think Paint Your Wagon is the Simpsons Paint Your Wagon.
1: Yeah, one they think it's not real on The Simpsons, it's amazing because it's a, I mean, like it's when it's on The Simpsons. They're like, oh, that was a joke. Western's like, no, no, no. They're doing a parody of a real Western, but also like it was not the far from the first Western musical. Like when Paint Your Wagon came out, people were like, ah, a return to the heyday of Western musicals. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> The same way that uh, there are kids watching like Stranger Things who were like, this is all new stuff. And then old guys like me have to be let me educate you on the movies of the 1980s. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm sure Paint Your Wagon came out and all the kids were like, oh, I can't wait to see Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> Finally, they're combining the old west with music. The old timers were like, uh, let me sit you down and show you this silent eight millimeter condensed version of a Gene Autry movie. Yeah. <laughs> now let me, I'll have to tell you, he's singing at this point.
2: All of history is just parents boring their kids and stuff.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Even in, in the 17th century, they were like, we used to wear narrow ruffs around our neck. <laughs> And the kids were like, oh God, don't care. You better
2: not drop me off at the one schoolroom wearing that narrow neck ruff, mom. I think it looks cool. It
0: still fits. I could be a cool mom. And the one horse they're riding is like, yes, it looks great. It's like, stay out of this. And like you're saying, that that cowboy movie genre, it it did diversify so it could be even bigger and be even more of entertainment. And especially in the 30s and 40s, Singing Cowboys were some of the most popular movies uh, in all of America. Gene Autry made 44 of them between 1935 and 1940. And then he was replaced by Roy Rogers, who made a bunch more. But that's and then, like
1: almost 11 movies a
0: year yeah. he was making. And like Jenny said,
1: like they were real cheap to make because you just build a, one set yeah. and you just keep the set looking fairly generic and then you just go, or you just ride around in the land around Los Angeles, yeah. which right. is fairly western like- but, uh, well, they would
2: just have these big ranches, like yeah. Spawn Ranch or whatever, and they would just like yeah. have everything shot there.
1: There's a story, I think it's Alan Juan I can't remember if it's Alan Juan or Raul Walsh or John Ford, one of those directors in the silent era. If they didn't have a specific script page to shoot that day, they'd just shoot footage of the guys riding horses down the street in one direction and then riding it back in the other direction. Like, we can use this footage. <laughs> Even if we don't use it now, we'll use it eventually. <laughs> like, this is good footage to use.
0: Because all movies are guys on horses. That's it. And then also not only were all the movies cowboys, but they did a lot with it. Gene Autry, one of his biggest hits was a 12 part movie serial called The Phantom Empire, where he fights an evil emperor of a subterranean city. The singing cowboy movies got so weird. There was a Roy Rogers thing where he made two different movies where he fought the Soviets uh, who were trying to steal uranium. So there was one in 1947 called Under Nevada Skies and one in 1950 called Bells of Coronado where they used the same crazy plot of somehow he's an old western cowboy fighting the Soviets over nuclear material.
1: There's a uh, there's an episode of Mystery Science Theater called The Painted Hills. That's a western and they have and Crow has a joke in and goes, "No, is this the real old west or the Roy Rogers old west where they had cars and helicopters?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then also, uh, Singing Cowboys were so popular, even John Wayne did some. When he was 26, he starred as Singing Sandy Saunders in a movie called Riders of Destiny. Oh my he, God, it's
2: his personal Hudson Hawk.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you hear that voice and you want to hear it singing. Yeah.
1: Just, it's got a real songbird's voice, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so that, they had somebody else dub in the singing for him, oh, and John oh. Wayne has that crazy voice, so it was obviously not him singing. It was a <laughs> normal singer. <laughs> <So laughs> uh, he just always
1: And had like Marnie Nixon. And do it like it's like
0: well i think
1: oh <laughs> that would be <been> fantastic <laughs> I would that. as long as it's gonna be fake just like go all the way with it, <laughs> it shows you john wayne when he was young he was trying he would try anything also you know
0: yeah and so, like, as much as people were making movies like Stagecoach in nineteen thirty nine where it's it's what we consider a normal Western where they're not singing and they're fighting each other, like there were also all these goofy movies where it's just a cowboy singing, and that was the dominant form of movies for like twenty years.
1: <laughs> people loved it. I mean people, yeah. That's, yeah,
0: people complain about superhero movies
1: now. What if it was singing cowboys? It's just all like the yeah. time? I, what
2: I love about it is it's the most of entertainment, like it's the most <laughs> like I guess i. I think about the way that like Bollywood still kind of functions where like a movie coming yeah. out is a huge event and they're like, you're going to get your money's worth out yeah. of this movie. You're going to get
1: songs. You're it's going to be long. Yeah, gonna it's going to get gonna, action. It's
2: going to be two yeah. acts and you're going to get every genre and it's all going to be like the most of entertainment. And yeah. it's like –
0: like there,
2: there There's nothing like introspective or like subtle about it. It's just like this is what entertainment is. And I love that. That's I think that's so earnest and great. But like I'm just saying like event films on that level, like yeah. superhero movies – have one genre in them. They That's don't not have- enough entertainment for me.
1: No, I, well, it's, it's weird that in, at a time when there was so little competition for a source of entertainment, the movies were like, we gotta give you everything. And now when there's lots of competition, the movies are like, we're giving you one thing. Yeah. And you're gonna love it. But I guess it was- part- It should
2: be bigger. We should be doing bigger movies. Right? I
1: wonder if it was partly because it was like, you're gonna go to the movies, you're gonna take the whole family. There's gotta be something for the kids. There's gotta be something for the husband, the wife, the grandma- there's gonna be something for that weird kid that tags along with you. It's like not really a friend of your kid, but like he's somehow you're always pay- buying him meals and things yeah. like that.
2: <laughs> be is, that a, is that a thing that happens when you're a parent? Your parent, kids just have tag along. I mean, in,
1: in television, not, oh. not that's what you're yeah. like. You gotta have something for the dog. You gotta have something for the cat something for the fish <laughs> something for your landlord who's chasing after you to get the rent and also wanders into the movie theater <laughs> but then
2: he's like why I' oh. like up on screen it's the one thing <laughs> he wanted thrilled. to see yeah. mm,
1: exactly and then
2: the magic of the movies let him know I feel like Christmas movies maybe used to do all of this
1: yeah yeah like they, were, they were for everybody holiday yeah. yeah Christmas movies. movies were for everybody Jenny they were for everybody yeah Christmas movies yeah
2: well okay <laughs> hold on <laughs> what's more inclusive than Christmas <laughs> no I'm saying like I think that that is what they used to aspire to no, no, like, we're going to have right. all of those things for the whole family obviously they weren't for us dude <laughs> uh, but like they in terms of having all the like people pleasing genres yeah. for, for like multiple different demographics back
1: then it was like oh it's a song wake me when the guns start shooting and yeah. then they would trade off and be like oh the song's over wake me up when the guns start it had something
2: to please every wasp in the family <laughs>
1: <laughs> even just pictures of like picnic meat yeah. Sitting out <laughs> you're taking wasp literally because wasps love to eat. meat oh, okay. When you're eating a picnic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I took it as I'm a wasp and I love picnic meat. Oh, okay, like, well, that sounds yeah. great. Okay, that uh, makes sense. That's, that's really into that's it. That's fair. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
2: yeah, for a second I thought that's what like you meant.
1: No, it's based on a true story. Really yeah. good. The other uh, day uh, we were eating outside and I had a piece of chicken and I guess there was chicken smell on my hands and this wasp <laughs> kept landing on my finger and trying to eat the food that was not in my hand anymore and just biting me and I was like wasp get out of here what are you doing and I. But I didn't want to swat it away because they didn't want to sting me. And my wife was like, are you trying to train that wasp? Because <laughs> I was just looking at him at my hand,
2: talking to him, going, go away. Stop. That is a superhero origin story is that you're talking to a thing going, you got to get out of here. And then your wife comes out and goes, hey, is somebody here? And you're just like, oh, no. Oh, uh, no, 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 and no. You put it in your mouth or something. <laughs>
1: okay. And I get wasp powers Something the goofy.
2: Mouth? Yeah. That's okay. a plump man the into, wasp. I
1: turn into Candyman. Yeah, Mouthful of bees. <laughs>
0: Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Jenny Jaffe and Elliot Kalin for being the rootinest, tootinest, hootinest food. I I got caught in a rhyming loop. I'm so sorry. Point is, they're fantastic, right? Really great. And in our food notes, you will find more info on those wonderful guests, including uh, their upcoming In the Future show, Saloon. Also, if you are looking for children's literature, he wrote a funny version of that. It's called Horse Meets Dog, and it's just delightful. We will have links for you to purchase that in the world. And then the rest of our food notes today are those fascinating Old West things, also New West things like the Botas Picudas dance culture that's going on in parts of modern Mexico. You'll also find a lot of material on how old times worked, in particular the Smithsonian article by Matt Jancer titled, Gun Control is as Old as the Old West. Also further reading in particular on uh, Native American life in the Old West and how that actually worked and the many, many historical injustices that were done to them. There's even no counting the Indian Wars casualties that we touched on. Uh, Estimates are from the hundred thousands to the millions in terms of casualties. That's something worth knowing about, and uh, most Westerns don't really do a good job of depicting it. And then in the very lighthearted, silly pop cultural footnotes here, you will find a lot of public media as sources on those singing cowboy movies. The new Ken Burns country music documentary focuses on those singing cowboy movies. Also, there's an NPR article and interview in our footnotes with Western music expert Doug Green. And both are loaded with insane details about how not only were Gene Autry and Roy Rogers the dominant singing cowboys, but every other studio tried to have their own singing cowboys. It was very similar to superhero movies and just as crazy. Anyway, enough about singing cowboys having laser battles with underground civilizations. Our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Ryan Connor and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. Please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those help the algorithms help people know about our show. That is a free way you can uh, show support for it, and I hope you will. Also, on the other hand, if you hated this show, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media, a sort of frontier democracy in the weirdest sense. My Twitter account on there is at Alex Schmidty. My Instagram is at Alex Schmidstagram, and I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmidty.com. That's got my show dates, my fun email newsletter of free internet stuff tips, and so much more. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then.